We're starting our new series um, that we're going to be looking at this term. We're going to be looking at chapters from Isaiah, and we're going to begin that today. And we're also going to be celebrating Nikki's ministry amongst us. So it's a really special service, lots of different aspects. I want you to imagine you're on the church cleaning rota, and that you've come in on a Friday, and you've got the hoover out, and you're busy hoovering away, and suddenly you have an amazing vision of God. It might be voices, but somehow you realise that God is here. And you think, I've got to stop. Forget the hoovering. I'm just going to stop and I'm going to just see what God is saying to me. And it becomes a picture. And while you're here in the middle of the church with your hoover, very ordinary, you're in the presence of God. And you see God here, sitting on his throne, filling this whole place with his glory and his majesty. We've sung of his sovereignty. And you see how sovereign he is by his presence in this place, filling it. Wow. And then you look, and you look above the throne, and there's angels. There are angels above God with six wings. What a mighty sight. And they're singing, they're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And as they sing, it is so powerful that this building shakes and it's filled with smoke. You would not doubt that you're in God's presence. What an amazing thing to happen. Isaiah worked in the temple. And one day, That is what happened to him. And Lucy is going to come and read for us. Lucy. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was sitting on his throne, high and exalted, and his robe filled the whole temple. Around him, flaming creatures were standing, each of which had six wings. Each creature covered its face with two wings, and its body with two, and used the other two for flying. They were calling out to each other, Holy, 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 the Lord Almighty is holy. His glory fills the world. The sound of their voices made the foundation of the temple shake, and the temple itself became filled with smoke. I said, there is no hope for me, I am doomed, because every word that passes my lips is sinful, and I live among a people whose every word is sinful. And yet, with my own eyes, I have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the creatures flew down to me, carrying a burning coal that he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with the burning coal and said, this has touched your lips, and now your guilt is gone, and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord say, Who shall I send? Who will be our messenger? I answered, I will go, send me. So the story of Isaiah in the temple and this amazing vision of who God is and seeing God there and hearing his voice. And his first reaction, he's not in Dad's army, but he says, I'm doomed. (laughs) Because you come in face to face with God And immediately, you feel you can't even look at him. God is so powerful, so majestic, so holy, that we think, who on earth am I? And Isaiah thinks, I'm destroyed. My life is so rubbish. 
I've gone against God. I haven't followed his way. I let him down time and time again. I can't even look at him. This is going to be disaster. I can't stand in God's holy presence. And so his first response is to say, I'm unworthy. I repent. I confess. I acknowledge just where my life goes wrong. And that's what we do when we come to church week by week. Not so dramatically, perhaps. There's no burning coals here. But we praise God. We've sung, how great thou art. And when we stop and think how great God is, it's like looking and seeing who we are in that reflection. And even though we try really hard, our lives are not as God wants them to be. But the good thing is, God wants to make us clean. One of the angels took a burning coal and put it onto Isaiah's lips and said, you are clean. He said, I am a man of unclean lips, and he was made clean. And when we come before the mighty sovereign God and say, I acknowledge the wrong in my life, he makes us clean, because he's a God that wants us to live as clean, forgiven people. So we're going to come now, and we're going to say sorry to God for the way in which our lives do not reflect God's life. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you. Pardon and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Today is a day to celebrate and to say thank you to Nikki. We had an amazing tea party last week and a lot of people, and particularly families and children, were able to come to the tea party and to a science praise party as well. But today is a day in church to actually acknowledge and to give thanks for the ministry that Nikki has been doing amongst us. I've asked Nikki to come and share some highlights of what, um, what's, what her ministry has involved. So Nikki, would you like to come? Debbie did warn me about this, so I have got a few notes to help me along. Um, it's been the most amazing 23 years, actually, since I first started. Um, I was asked by Patsy if I would help out just for a term, <laughs> 23 years ago, in a small group. And uh, the next term, the leader of that small group left, so I ended up leading that small group. And then it went on from there, and I ended up um, taking over from... Um, some very gifted leaders, um, Andrew and Joe Evans, that many of you will remember. And I can remember being fairly scared, um, and I had said, I don't mind doing the small groups, and I'll happily do the admin, but I can't stand at the front. However, there was no one else there, so I had to stand at the front and do it. And uh, 
God has helped me through and helped me grow through this time in the most amazing way. So I just feel so grateful to him for giving me that opportunity and for the church for giving me that opportunity as well. Because about just over 10 years ago, Jeff Watley um, asked if I would take on being the paid children's worker. And I had asked him if I might have a bit more time perhaps to visit some of the families, but I didn't know that I really had the right to do that. And so then he asked me if I'd be children's leader and that would be part of my brief. So again, thanks to him. But thank you to all of you. So many leaders and helpers have shared their gifts alongside me and it's been absolutely wonderful to work with you. And it's also for the children. And thank you to parents for lending your children for Sunday mornings. It's been absolutely amazing for me. Um, And thanks to God, as I say, because he has prepared me for this in the most wonderful way. I believe that he gave me a love for children when I was actually quite young myself. From the age of 10, I used to work on a Saturday in a children's home. I don't think it would be allowed now, um, with child protection and everything else. But um, for about seven years, every Saturday, I would go up and help out with these young children. And I can remember at school once, I was very small for my age, actually, because of um, quite long-term illness when I was very small. And uh, one of the teachers asked what I wanted to be when I was grown up which is a pretty impossible question for someone when they're only about 11 or 12. But anyway, I said, much to her amusement, I want to work with difficult boys. Um, and that is, um, well, as it happened, later on I became um, a speech therapist and I did work in a unit for um, emotionally disturbed children and autistic children. And there were quite a few boys in there. And, and I've met many others since, not so difficult. Um, Anyway, as I say, God has strengthened and equipped me for this work in the most amazing way. And as I go through this, by the way, any of you children and young people here, you might notice that there might be the odd um, verse that we've learned in our groups over the years. We spend quite a lot of time learning verses from Scripture because God's Word is what sustained me through these years with his Holy Spirit. So if you happen to spot a verse that I read, you might like to put your hand up. You might even know where it comes from. So anyway, God has equipped me and strengthened me with his spirit. And so I can say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Should be some hands up. (laughs) Hebrews 13, verse 6. Any hands go up? No, anyway, we have learnt that verse in the past. Um, So, uh, as I say, 23 years ago I started this. And it's been wonderful sharing with families. We've sometimes cried together, we've laughed together. Um, hopefully there's been encouragement as well and I've tried to encourage families to continue on their own journeys of faith um, as well as bringing their children to that and uh, it's been such a joy to see children starting off sometimes at baptisms actually and then joining the groups maybe chatterbox um, going on through and church as well of course and even coming to confirmation and making their own decision and that gives me such joy seeing young people out the front here, being confirmed, making that, that promise for themselves. I think that's just absolutely wonderful. So, and in fact, many of them actually carry on and help in the groups, and that's been a joy. It's lovely to see some of those older ones here today who've helped me in the groups as well, and I've known you since you were sometimes only a bump. <laughs> um, when I was a child, uh, I wasn't allowed to go to Sunday school because my parents thought I had to learn to behave in church. And so all the other children would go out and they'd come back all excited with something they'd made or something that they'd learnt. And I would have had to have sat there and I wouldn't allow to swing my legs and I had to listen carefully and I had to join in all the songs and join in all the words. And uh, 
I didn't always enjoy all those words, I have to say, all those services, but it, they did stand me in good stead later on, and I did develop the habit of going regularly to church, and that, that was really good. But people have said to me sometimes now, you know, don't you feel that you've missed out a bit by being over with the children in Lawns Meet? And uh, I have to say, actually, no. I mean, of course I love being in the services, and I do get to services, and it would be lovely to get to more. But actually... I haven't felt left out over there because we have had such fun together. And as I've prepared sessions, I have learned so much myself. I've also been very challenged um, by some of the questions that I've been asked or the comments that have been made. For example, who made God in the first place? And another one, wasn't it rather rude of Jesus to say that he was coming to Zacchaeus' house for tea before he was even invited? <laughs> Which is an interesting thought. And this was, what, this was an interesting one. Um, we were sitting under a table, as you do at Light Factory and things sometimes, uh, with rugs all around, pretending to be in a tent. And I was actually telling the story of Jonathan and David being best friends. And then suddenly, out of the blue, a five-year-old who had not been coming for very long suddenly said, I don't know what reminded her of it, but suddenly said, do you know, it's amazing. I can hardly believe that Jesus died to take all my punishment for me. And I just think that's just so wonderful that children can take on board something like that and it really means something to them. And uh, my prayer has always been that they wouldn't be just learning about God but learning to meet him and to develop a relationship with Jesus. So that's been wonderful. And uh, I have also discovered what it means to really trust God when I felt at my wit's end or lacking inspiration or whatever. I have been able to trust God. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Well, that hand gone up, that's good. Remember that one? Yes, that's Proverbs 3, verse 5. Um, the other thing that really helped me, because if you're giving out all the time, you do need to receive, is I've um, been attending um, Bible study fellowship classes in Guildford, and I've actually done nine years of that. And the, the depth of um, teaching on God's Word there is absolutely amazing and applied to my life. And I have to say, that has really helped me through and um, made such a difference in my ministry, I believe, here. Um, so, it's not just Sunday mornings and visiting families, my work is involved. Here are just a few other snapshots of other events and uh, aspects of the work. Chatterbox, it's just wonderful, seeing these little babies and then amazingly growing up and the next thing I do is see them sitting in the front row at Wanish and Shanley Green School maybe, or even about to leave and go on to their junior schools. And there was one um, little girl apparently was quite surprised to see me there, didn't expect to see me in school, and she went home to her mother and said, oh, that lady who was at Chatterbox, um, you know, the one who wears the skirts. <laughs> so I tend to, not often to wear trousers, but anyway, that, that was the way she described me, the one who wears the skirts. Um, so, uh, but it was good to see her. She's now gone on and left her junior school even, I think. Um, uh, talking of one of Green, uh, open the book assemblies are just amazing. The children love them. We go in and tell stories, uh, Bible stories, act them out and help the children apply them to their lives. And it is just such a privilege to be allowed in that school and to share so much of God. That's not the case for every school. And uh, we, we are just so fortunate to have that school uh, in our parish and be part of this church. So um, do keep praying for them. Uh, it's a very, very special place indeed and a joy to be part of that. Um, there was one little story about that. There was a um, time when we did the story of when Peter said, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. And then we went on to tell the story that Jesus told. 
And later that week, um, a small child had picked up a lunchbox and started eating his lunch. And uh, then an older child, who happened to have the same style lunchbox, looked in his lunchbox and found it wasn't his, discovered where it was, and went very angrily to this little boy. And the little boy said, I'm so sorry. He was obviously very upset about all of this. And we have been talking about how it's important to um, accept the apology and to forgive. And uh, this other older child, who was looking very, very angry indeed, suddenly completely melted and said, that's all right, I forgive you. And then the, and he said, don't worry, my mum will make some more cakes like that. The little boy had eaten all the icing off the top of the cake anyway, I think, so <laughs> started with that. So it was really good to see how the teaching had actually been applied to that child's life straight, you know, within about two or three days. So that was good. Then, of course, the holiday clubs, which have been wonderful. I'm just noticing all the purple around here. I should have had my purple wig on today again, really, shouldn't I? But <laughs> surprised you all when I turned up in that one day at church. Um, the holiday clubs have been great fun, absolutely exhausting in some ways, but also exhilarating. And um, we had such fun with um, crafts and some of the snacks that we did. Um, Things like Olympic torches made out of ice cream cones and orange icing and things. Um, the coat of many colours we did with a, a wonderful um, uh, coloured Sunday. And a member of the congregation very kindly went out and sourced some tall Sunday glasses for me. Um, and again, that's another thing actually to say thank you to all of those people who've done all the little extras, not just leading and helping in groups, but also providing things we've needed like a gong or a Sunday dish or a, cook, uh, a cooked uh, refreshment of some sort. So all those have been wonderful. Um, there have been other special events, Easter and Advent. Um, Advent when we talked about Jesus being the light of the world and all the power failed. That was good. <laughs> um, but Jesus was still there, but the candles were okay still. Um, I think if nothing else, everyone remembers that Jesus is the light of the world. Yep. Another hand gone up. Good. Um, and then also the, the seniors' concerts. Um, it gives me great joy to see all the generations mixing together, and it's been really special to have the children giving something of their talents and their gifts and their time, and it, I know how much it's been enjoyed by the seniors. We get such wonderful reports every year from that and desires that it should happen over and over again. But uh, my hope and my prayer above all is that God's love and forgiveness for each of you children and young people here and grown-ups as well um, will have come across and that many of God's words will be lodged in your hearts and stay there forever. They'll come back to you when you need them as you're older. And uh, hopefully the songs that we've done that have reinforced some of those words will also um, uh, help you to, to keep them in your heart. And I also pray that the, the children's work will carry on. I know it will, and uh, we're, we're trusting for that. Um, but talking here wouldn't be quite complete if I didn't have a visual aid or just a very short activity. So I've just got one thing here to show you. When my daughter was small, my mother gave her this set of kiddie craft beakers. And she loved playing with them. She soon learned to stack them all in the right order and, of course, knock them down. Uh, and then my next daughter came along, Sarah, and um, uh, one of them got lost. Things often used to get lost with Sarah somehow. I don't know why it was. But... And Ruth was quite disappointed because when you've got one that's lost... It doesn't actually work so well. I don't know if you can see this. Perhaps it's on the screen there. But you see, it won't. It might stay for a bit, but not very well. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. 
And I was very disappointed. My mother also knew I was very disappointed. And unbeknown to me, she um, wrote to Kiddycraft and she asked them if they would send her a replacement red beaker with a horse on, which was the fourth from the bottom, because one of her grandchildren had lost it and I was very disappointed and we wanted to um, rep- you know, get the, the set complete again. I didn't know about this, but when I opened my Christmas present several months later, um, there were various bits and pieces in the box. And then right at the bottom of the box, wrapped up, was this red beaker with the horse on. And um, I opened it, and I think the family thought I was going a bit mad, really, because I was so excited. I was jumping around and running around the room saying, look, we've got the beaker back, we've got the beaker back. And it reminded me of, um, uh, of that lovely story that Jesus told of the lost sheep, and we talked about that last Sunday as well, that you know, God rejoices over one person who was lost and is found again. And so I rejoice when children come to know God through the work that goes on here, and, and adults for that matter, anyone who does. Um, but there's also a second lesson in this. Um, without this one, the, the, tool, the tower doesn't really stand properly. And so I would like to just challenge you, really, that you know, maybe there are people here who uh, w- need to think about whether God is calling them to be part of the team and helping with the children's and young people's work. Maybe you're going to be an extra beaker. <laughs> um, because with that beaker in place, the rest of the tower can be built and it can be successful. So it's, it's the story... It's, the body of Christ, isn't it? We're all needed. One part of the body mustn't be missing because it doesn't function so well. So do think about that um, as you pray and uh, as you seek God for whether there might be some part that you can play to, to help this work go on. So there we are. So do pray with me um, for that. And um, I'm not very good at goodbye, so I'm not going to say goodbye. The good thing is that I shall still be here um, and around and seeing you all and watching you all grow up and, and develop and hopefully continue with your faith and bringing others to know you as well, know Jesus as well. So thank you very much and thank you to all of you for all that you've done to make my time here so special. You've all been very, very precious to me and you always will be. Thank you. back very briefly to Isaiah. There he is in the temple. He has this amazing vision of God and he's overwhelmed with his holiness. He's made clean and then God says, there's an awful lot out there. There's a lot of need amongst my people. Who am I going to send? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. And Nikki's already said a little bit about this. But that, that is one of the responses that when we understand who God truly is, when we see him in all his glory and splendor and majesty, we want to respond, and we want to respond in worship and in service. We want to say, we know you are holy, and we want to do what you call us to do. Isaiah was called to go and speak to God's people, to tell them where they were going wrong, to give them a chance to say, open your eyes and see what you are doing wrong, how your behaviour is taking you further and further away from God. Nikki's been called to work amongst the children for a long time. 
And a lot of people think that being called means to do a church job. It's only vicars or children's workers or church wardens who get called to, to do a church job. But here's the thing. God calls us all. Isaiah was living at a time when the nation was in a really bad state. Politically, there was a lot of threat from outside nations. God's people, politically, were under threat. Assyria was this large empire that was getting bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger and wanting to come and invade. They were threatening to invade Jerusalem, the most holy city. So they were under threat from outside forces. But as as God's people, they were vulnerable because they'd forgotten who God is. They'd forgotten that he is sovereign and Lord over all. And Isaiah was called to go and tell them. And we look around our own nation And we see that people have forgotten who God is. So God continues to call. He continues to say, who will I send? Who will I send to tell the people in your school that Jesus loves them? Who will I send to stand up for integrity in the workplace? Who will I send to speak of love and compassion and mercy when there is injustice around the world? Who will I send to share God's love where people are grieving? And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. I wonder if this term, as we travel with Isaiah, we might draw closer to God and continue to hear that call to send us wherever we are, not just into church, but out into the world where people need to know who God is. Here am I, send me.